listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Chapter 3, verse number 8, beginning with verse number 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 13 says that, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse number eight, letter clause. I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, our thought tonight, out to win, out to win. Dear one, I want you to consider this attitude tonight. It has all but been lost in the ranks of Christendom, out to win. We're living in a time where people have contented themselves with mere survival. If I can just hold on, even they'll give their song, if I can just hold on, if I can hold out. That is not the attitude that called the Church of God to prevail in bygone days. In the late 60s, there was a conflict in Vietnam 
Maybe some of you were in it. And it went down as a disgraceful uh, ordeal because we fought, spent much money, lost a lot of men, but came out with something less than victory, just nothing. Don't, they had no objective. And uh, we had one a little later here that most of you know about, that this General Schwarzkopf came out as a great hero. Why? Because it was one of the most successful encounters that we've ever had, conflicts. Why? He went in to win. President Bush decided that Hussein was a monstrous man and he must be destroyed. So he set himself to win at any cost. And in about 10 days, they dropped about 12,000 bombs. They unleashed all that they had other than their atomic arsenal. And under that kind of constant onslaught, Hussein, even though he was an unreasonable man, he had to back up. And a few days later, Bush was to leave office. But the very last day he was in office, he had a raining down bombs. He was out to win. Listen, listen. We are living in a time of lost objectives. You know, each day almost, I am with our people in meetings, and I am going through and picking their minds apart. Why? I want to see where they're coming from. I want to see what kind of mentality they have. You know? And all over the land, I find it almost unanimous. What? That I'm trying to stay safe. You know, that kind of attitude will never bring glory to the church. You must have an objective about to win. That was the attitude that possessed the early morning church out to win. Matthew chapter 11. We want to lay a little groundwork here tonight and see if we can revive something that has been vitally lost from the ranks of Christendom today. God help us tonight. Read. 11-12, Matthew. From the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven have suffered the violence and the violent taketh it by force. Jesus is giving them to understand. Listen. This world was in darkness under the sway and the clutches of the devil. He had them paralyzed with his poisonous venom. They were helpless and hopeless and oppressed and depressed. And Jesus let them know that the only way you're going to recapture what God gave you originally is you have to take it by force. Now this little lackadaisical attitude sitting back and waiting and watching for the outcome, you will never succeed with that attitude. He said, if you're going to take it, you take it by force. You bear this in mind. We are up against something. We are fighting more than one enemy. We are fighting a kind of mentality. Listen, the children of Israel, you remember when God brought them out of Egypt? He led them not through the most direct route, which was much closer. He led them around about way. Why? Because he knew that they had been oppressed. They knew nothing about warfare. And when they saw all of those mean 
murderous men, they would recant and go back to Egypt. Why? Because they did not have the kind of mentality that would cause them to fight and to tear into the enemy. So we had to lead them around about way. You know what? That's where we are today. We have a group of people on hand who are soft and they inherited a kind of soft kind of attitude. And now it's difficult to get them in a position to really tear into the enemy. Women shelter. The law has protected us to a great extent. And we inherited nominal Christianity. And everybody quite where's the glory. But now, if you consider what was the attitude of those who had glory. They were no soft people with a worldly ambition and a quest. My God help us here. We are living in a time where we have a dirt of Church of God ministers. Why? Everybody's seeking their own. Everybody's seeking luxurious living and a, and a position in life. Even the ministry. That's not even akin to the apostle ministry. Or the ministry that Jesus called. What? They abandoned everything. Now how they survived? They, survived, they lived church of God and fulfill their calling and magnify their office. The enemy is a full-time devil, around the clock. Paul would step down preaching all night long and struck out on his mission the next morning. What? He knew that if he were to recapture what had been lost, he had no time to divert his attention or uh, to have a, a, a kind of a, a spin affection. All of his effort had to be directed he said, we spent time watching and watching and fasting. What I looked up uh, the definition of that word watching. It's not as we commonly do it. It says, I spend long nights watching for, and the tactics of the enemy and how they would uh, launch his next campaign against the devil. Because he knew the enemy had dug in of old and he had captured territory all around him. And he knew that if he did not have an attitude of violence, many of us are suffering situations at night that we would have overcome and had perfect victory, but we lack that violence. That a kind of softness that this age had bequeathed us, had dumped on us, and we are trying to fight our way from underneath it. But the mentality of the people, they're not ready. They, when they see uh, the, 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 the officers and, and protective service, and, amen, they recant. When they're threatening God and the law comes against them, amen, and threaten jail and, and all this kind of and retribution, they, they back up. When they decide to trust God and poverty, not that they do, amen, and difficult finding ends to meet, they back up. They're not ready for that kind of life, that kind of ruggedness. Do what we're talking, we're talking all about this militants and all this kind of stuff. Do you know the Church of God has been the most militant organization that has ever come into the end? What you see for the most part today is not even a good facsimile. They, they, I mean, they stayed in trouble, not because they were rabble-rousers, not because they were nitpickers, but because of their mannerism. They were turning the world upside down, not because they divided that way, but uh, they were dealing with an antagonistic spirit. They were digging with, they were dealing with, with, with powers and principalities, and they were aware of that enemy. They, they sensed it. The devil is trying to pull us away, saints. 
The devil trying to take the church under for the last time. And he's had no little success. And unless we can arouse the remnant at least, he's got that which shown in the time past. They're done. They're under. They won't come. They won't surface again. But what the enemy is trying to do, the remnant who got a little light here, who have a glimmer of light, he's trying to snatch us under for the last time. The Bible said the church will be asleep. The whole thing is asleep. My God help us when Jesus comes. Not only the bad, not only the foolish, but the wise as well. Amen. But the only hope that the church has is that there is a minister who will sound the trumpet in this last day and, aw and awaken those who are capable of being awakened. That's our endeavor tonight. That's our endeavor tonight. Brother, the enemy, amen, has taken it by force. And now we must be more forceful. That's the kind of attitude we've got to reinstill in the people. We have the task of kind of remolding the minds of the people. The Israelites didn't have the kind of mind to turn to those fierce enemies. They, they, they were not ready for that. They've been under taskmasters and, and been protected by those people and they knew nothing about warfare. They knew nothing about having spears hurled at them and, and, all, and men swinging at their heads and trying to decapitate them. And so the Lord knew that uh, in as much as they had not been exposed to that, they, their, their mentality was not prepared for that kind of onslaught. And he knew that he could not win with those, so God had to intervene himself personally. So here we are. And Jesus here is trying to reinstill this truth in the minds of the people. He's saying, listen, from the time of King of, a, of John until now, the kingdom has been preached, and the violence taken by force. He said, I want you to understand, if you are going to win from the devil, you're going to take it by force. If you're going to put Babylon out of business and false religion, you're going to do it by force. I don't mean, I don't mean carnal force. I mean you're going to have to have real force in your spirit and a determination that is rarely seen in this day and time. It wasn't even in the city where we are. If you only knew, I was just looking the other day in my files. A stack of papers all this high where women take it to court and judgment against us. But because of this gospel, because the, the law could not back us down when the principle was involved. I'm going to tell you something, you want. You have been protected by the law with certain freedoms. But they want, they're moving in on you. They are revising laws. You want right now, the reason we're having so much difficulty with our children is they know if we think that they can get us in trouble. Yes. And the word of God says you've got to correct them. Yes. Now, you, it comes a time when you obey God and you obey man. Amen. And if you do it, you do it despite the law. Right. Yes. Here we are. You cannot trust God your children anymore. Brother, we have had, there are those in this building tonight. We had a our international case in this building tonight. Where because we insisted to trust God, they made the baby, or they took her to court, they made the baby a ward of the court. And if they did she not submit to the hospital the next day, they were going to pick her up and take her to themselves. And they came there, they came all to my house and everything else. I knew they would. 
Says, Brother Hamden, we don't want to get you involved, so we won't tell you we're going to leave. We're going to trust God, and we're getting out of here. But we know we're not going to tell you where we're going because we know they're going to converge on you, and they'll begin to question you. And just as sure as you live, about a few minutes after 10, here comes the detective from my house. About this lady said, you know if something happens, you're in trouble. I mean, you can see it all in their eyes. And God just let it go on and on and on at the hospital, just tearing us apart. And the press and the television stations and people from England, they were converging on us. And the law, they're trying to break us right down the middle, knowing that if we lose something vital, whatever we do after that means nothing. Let me tell you something tonight. I was... All of you heard me say this, I'm sure, but it's worth repetition. Years ago, I'm from the South. They used to kill hogs in the fall. And those who were adept in hog killing knew how to pierce that throat and there was a little vein there, jugular, and they could pop it without splitting the hog's whole throat and the meat would be white. And so many times those fellows get those sharp pointed knives and, and pop that little cord and blood just starts gushing everywhere. And they turn the hog loose and jump up and start running. And the children start running after him. Don't bother me. He's not going anywhere. But I'll snap something by him. He's not going, don't worry. And after a while, the hog run about 20 feet and started wobbling to the ground. The enemy has succeeded in snapping something by him in most of our groups over the land. And usually, they want to be tell you this, is usually a divine healing. Your shield of faith. You have no protection. See, that's what the enemy is after. If you get your faith, whatever it is, you do no matter. You can get a thousand member congregation. You can shout all night. You can organize. You can have a bus ministry, street ministry, jail ministry. But if you kill your faith, you have nothing left. That's what he's after. That's what all of the pressure is after. That's where it all started. The man was healed at the beautiful gate. That's what started it all. That's what started it. That is what started the persecution of the church. Now, but now, and the pressure is on that. If you eliminate that, amen, then you will get some relief. But what would you have otherwise? You get what you came back from the Bible doctrines here. If, if everything hinges on it, God help us here. Now you got people, of course, gonna do what they want to do because their faith is flopping and everything else, but they'll never amount to nothing. There's a tremendous thing we're dealing with, and may God help us tonight. And the violent taking it by force. I don't mean no organization here that marching in the street and all this kind of stuff. I mean they want, but there's something about your spirit that has to be unyielding when a principle is involved. Whoever they want to listen, I am for law. Abiding. I even believe in uh, keep my seatbelt fast and not exceed the speed limit. I believe in all of that. But listen, when it comes to the word of God, you want, and when I have to sacrifice a principle of the law, I'm going to sacrifice the law. Yes. Yes. I'm going to tell you, they want, because the enemy has this thing under his sway. And he's using every force that is available to break us down the middle. God help us here. And, they want, and there's so little left. If we don't strengthen that which remains, we'll have nothing. And strengthen that which is ready to die. The violent take it by force. Let me tell you something, they want. 
I will guarantee you that every home that's represented here tonight, there are some situations, there are some consequential situations in your home or in your life that's got to be dealt with. And you're not going to sit back and hope for the best and think it's going to come out right. You are not going to wake up one morning and find that it's all in order. You are not hoping that chance will bring it about. If you bring it about, you won't get violent with it. Right. And we're going to give you some instances of violence. I want you to know what it's all about tonight, dear one, because you are here tonight. You came thousands of miles, and many have spent thousands of dollars. May God help us not to go home without something in our soul. Right. Lord has been blessing you. We have some good messages. My God, got a ways to go. Revelation 6 1, if you will. Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of his seals, I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw, behold, a white horse. He that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. He went forth conquering and to conquer. And listen, he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now listen to me tonight. We're not concerned about uh, being prophetically astute tonight. We got, we got more in mind than that, children. Listen. Went forth conquering and to conquer. This asserts violence. You follow me tonight? What? They conquered everything that they met. That's the difference between the church of God and Babylon. Children now black and Babylon because they don't see it in every detail like we do or hold up every standard. Amen. You can't even justify yourself with that. Unless you can produce all that the church advocates, amen, you have no right to, to, to black Babylon into oblivion. Why? You are Babylon because you don't come up to the mark. That's what it's all about. You want to listen. There are standards that have been set by the apostles. Amen. There's a pattern for the church to operate upon. There's a standard. There's a plane on which we are to operate. Now, we can contend ourselves, we can psych ourselves, and, and like, like the Laodiceans, we're everything, we all right, we increase, we're good, we're doing better, and, and maybe mention an instance or two where we got some success. Should be a sporadic thing, should be an occasional thing. Amen. It should be the norm. The norm. Went for conquering and the comfort. But listen, let, we want to leave the proper groundwork here tonight. Listen, children. Before you're going to conquer, you can preach all this. Prophecy, you want to write books on prophecy and seven seal and everything else. But there is more behind this than some uh, clear prophecy. Before you're going to conquer, first you want to conquer yourself. Can you follow me tonight? Take out time to read. Before you conquer, first you want to conquer yourself in a real way. Now, this idea of conquering the world and have not conquered yourself is a farce. All right, give me uh, 12, 11, the same book, Revelation 12, verse number 11. Now, this is how they conquered. This is how they overcame. They first conquered themselves. They had an attitude. Read they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Now, I know you can quote it by heart, but let's get into it tonight, dear ones. 
They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of that testimony. Wait a moment. Now, we're not talking only about their lives as far as getting their heads cut off, but they love not their way of living. Many of us, amen, have so arranged and so set in life that we're not willing to sacrifice it for the glory of God. We're living in a very lucrative society, an affluent age, as the Gentiles. And we feel that maybe we will be accepted because we're a little better than the Baptists and Methodists and that kind of thing. But they want it, it's more than that involved. Or because you know truth. And you can proclaim it with clarity. But it's more than that. It's an attitude. A dedication as a kind of consecration here. And may God help us to glean it tonight. Read. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood. Now listen. Here are two elements involved. The blood of the lamb and By the, word of their the word of that testimony. And they love not their now here is the conquering weapon. Here is the conquering resource. The attitude toward life. This is it. Nothing aside from this. They had their priorities right. Nothing really mattered but the kingdom. They didn't teach the kingdom and live for the, the world. They didn't try to get the best of both worlds. Brother, we're living in a time now where the enemy has duped us and trying to have the best of both worlds. Don't you know that's how Babylon became Babylon? What? They wanted to be godly and world at the same time. That's what made them Babylon. Amen. They're, not, they, they, they're coming to church. They're supporting the church. They're giving their money. They're doing what you're doing. But they want to be both. They want to enjoy the best of both worlds. And they insist to do it. And they are. And they think they're doing it. They love not their lives to death. Let me show you something. With that attitude, there was nothing in life that could hinder them. There's nothing the devil could wave at them through him for that progress. Because it didn't make them any difference. If I eat, I eat. If I don't, I don't. If I live in a raced out house, I can't, what difference does it make with me? If I drive a car or ox team, what difference does it, does it matter at all? Amen. If I make, amen, a minimum wage enough to survive, or if I, if I make a look at the salary, what's the difference? I have only one objective. I'm a sojourner here anyway. And the devil couldn't wave poverty. Listen, no, they didn't have ambition. There was no worldly ambition that they had. Whatever came, God blessed them a little bit, they would enjoy it. To whatever, to, whatever, to whatever legitimate extent. But as far as being ambitious, yeah, well, let me show you something. You know, that, we, we're living in an ambitious age. You know the average professor saying that ambitious, even minister ambitious. They got goals in life. They got financial goals in life. They have other earthly goals in life. Don't you know we cannot be ambitious? Don't you know we cannot have two quests? That would be a divided affection. We can't have a divided quest. Paul said, this one thing, this one thing, you cannot have it. Jesus taught that. You can't have two masters. We don't mean that you somebody are going all out to the bar, but I mean your worthy quest, your legitimate quest. You can have a one quest. Now, if you mistakenly have two, I'm sorry. It's an attitudinal thing. But here's the situation, here's the dilemma. But I'm wondering if this religious age has gotten so far from it that we'll be able to bring them back. 
would the shift be too much for them? Of course, they have accumulated so much and so much luxurious living. Yeah, you support the church, you give them a good sum of money, you do all that kind of thing, you come to church four times a week, but that's not it. Let me tell you something, you want. If we would have an immediate crisis and we would call on everybody in the church to dissolve all your interests and bring in later to minister to I would almost guarantee you that everyone would walk away like the richest young man. This is my life, baby. I've got to do much sweat and toil. And I'm telling you, children, but yet we want to cry spirituality and teach Sunday school way out beyond our experience. And a lot of highfalutin spiritual terminology that we know better than anybody. They went for conquering. Here we are. But you know what? This is the situation. Despite all of this, the clear sound of the trumpet. Every once in a while, you'll find a delivery that'll catch hold and willing to make this kind of sacrifice for God, even when God calls. Every once in a great while, what? Excuse me. We're in a vacuum. When I was in Oregon some years ago, I think Brother Jack took me up for those salmon, uh, those fish going upstream, climbing up the water spout and all this kind of thing. It was almost impossible for a fish to go another direction, but the force of the other would, would, would mutilate it. Even if God called you to the minister today, brother, to really give yourself exclusively, your environment and your associates would be so negative that you could hardly work in. They would regard you as fanatical. You mean, you, after all, you got, a, you, got a, you got a family. Well, we understand that. Peter had a family too. And I'm sure others, Paul didn't have anybody but himself, but he had to care of all the churches and whatnot. He did whatever was necessary to survive, but his ministry, that attitude, that attitude, he, was, he, he had too many fights to divert his course. He was in too many conflicts. He didn't have time for anything else. Brother, right now, I'll tell our young men, I, I can be preaching every day in the year, all over. If you got anything to offer at all, they want all of the call, call some some ten years behind. One below you over and over in the I got 132 churches. Will you come to him? I've been there one time. Just every day until I die. All of the energy that I have left. I can be preaching the gospel. Well, how can I be justified to do a lot of other stuff? Anybody can cut hair and amen and and, 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 and and fix computers and what I mean, what I mean practically. They have the capabilities. Come on, but anybody can't preach the gospel. I mean, anybody can sell cars and amen and maybe make several thousand dollars a year, but anybody can preach this gospel, not under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Anybody cannot preach salvation in a clear fashion. Well, here we go. And listen, the situation, children. But now, you can hide in the crowd. You can do it without being authentic. You don't have to consecrate now. But let me tell you something. You always talk about the six But you proved your ministry. Listen. Uh, it's up in Norway, this is brother. We have a need in Norway. And we have no money. And you speak that language. So you go, well, I can't, I know. What do you mean you can't go? God called you minister, didn't he? Well, give us your credentials. If you can't answer the call, give us your credentials. You know, sit around and preach every, every other Sunday night. That's how we won't be the extent of your ministry. God needs you there. You got the wherewithal, so you go. I have no money. You got faith. Goodbye. 
you preaching faith, goodbye. And he, and he struck out. Say, all I have to my name, say, all I have is 50 cents. And, he, and I have nothing left. You got faith. You know, we, 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 they, they, they beyond the talking stage, all this high blue spirit that's nothing, going all off in pockets and all this kind of stuff, you're going to prove your consecration. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you'll drop it like a hot potato. There's a work over there that's instructing people. Oh, why they, well, listen, I'm in debt. Well, why are you in debt? Did God leave you there? God going to suffer because of your miscalculation? Because of your worldly desires? God going, the kingdom of God going to suffer because of that? Well then, when you come up before God in the judgment, you'll give an account of your ministry. You'll give an account of your spiritual. I put you in charge of a ministry. So give an account of it. You should have preached 7,223 sermons. You only preached 198. <laughs> Amen. There were cries all over the world. There were cries all over the world. You know what, dear one? The only thing concerned me now, God knows it. I get before God. Lord, how do I wind up my ministry? I said, Lord, the need is so great. There's so many calls. I said, I got a charge here of these people, and, and, uh, and you've given us, constantly given us more. But I don't know. I said, Lord God, you know I promised I wouldn't be attached to nothing. If make it clear to me, that's it. I make my wife aware of that, because I had to snatch away from you. Suddenly, I had a difficulty the first time, but she promised she wouldn't get like that anymore. So God might make her prove it. Amen. They first had to conquer themselves. They had to, get, they had to have a certain attitude toward life. They loved not their lives. Their lives, their manner of life, their way of life. They didn't love it until death, even till physical death. So the devil could not wave poverty before their eyes. He could not wave estrangement from your mates. They knew sometimes they might have to leave their mates for months get situated, whatever the case might be. Now, I don't know if you read the account. I don't know what Peter did with the wives and whatnot uh, in some of those strenuous situations, but whatever God called them to do, they did it at whatever expense uh, with no long explanation, just did it. And that's what brought the victory. That's how they went for a conquer and a conqueror. They had an attitude. They were out to win. They would not accept defeat. Now, you listen to this. Let me show you something. No, you know if you are moved of God, oppressed of God, and you pursue anything at all, believe in God, don't you know you don't have to win? Because God is with you. I don't care what it is. You don't have to be afraid. If you're stepping out on God, you're not going under. All right. I don't care if anybody around you goes under. I know that. I'm not preaching no highfalutin uh, extraterrestrial stuff. I'm preaching what I know to be a fact, what I have experimented. Right. I've experienced. Amen. I don't care about you. You care about your big family and children going to college. I don't care about that. God showed me some things. I've experienced some things. Amen. I should never doubt God again. God help me. Amen. Amen. There is an attitude. I tell people, I said, listen, this idea of spending all this money and taking your time and going all to California and go around the world, why are you going? What is your motive? What is your purpose? Get out there in the sunshine and Amen, and see some palm trees and all this kind of stuff, and get away from it all for a while. That's not, that, if that's your motive, you are, you are, you're missing the mark a thousand miles. But we have, when we go, we, we, we have situations here. We got people coming in our midst needing help, coming from all everywhere, scraping up their last penny, 
They have not gotten help from other places. And now they're coming. This is their last resort. Do you know most of your meetings today, they don't even deal with hard cases anymore. They won't even bother with them. They, just, they, they, don't, they don't want something to embarrass them. So what, where can they go? And now the people are asking, what John is, are you the one Jesus I look for another? Is this it that do I look for another? Are you in it or do I look for somebody else? Are you that sold out person who, amen, who loves not this world and amen and have little concern and all? Are you in or, or is that another people? It was, this is my concern, listen. There are a lot of other things that might be a major concern. But we can do all everything we want to do. Aside from this, we're not, in the, we're not anywhere anyway. We can have all the right doctrine, right standards and everything else, but aside from this, see, you, can, you can hang tenaciously on a certain dogma, a certain idea, a certain doctrine, and miss it by a thousand miles. This is it. This is it. This is what brought the glory. And nothing else will. You can be doctrinally correct. You can be impeccable in your apparel. But aside from this, everything else you do is null and void. Now listen. Uh, the first, they have to conquer themselves. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. First Corinthians 9, 25. And every man that striveth for the master. Every man that striveth that wants to win, that wants to be a winner. Striveth for the mastery. He's temperate in all things. There's a certain kind of discipline that he maintains. Read. Go on. Temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainty. Go on. So fight I. Now just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. We have a situation, children. You want to let me tell you something. As much as some people, they only are, and as many tears they cry, as many clinics that they use are down weeping, they don't have conviction. But you know, some of them have been crying the same tears using the same kind of tissue for the last 15 years for the same problem. They're leaving for When they came, let me tell you this, children. Can I let you in on something tonight? When you have a situation and anything, if it's a spiritual problem, you gotta, it's serious. That one years ago, I was reading in my medical book, I had a bladder infection, I was trying to read upon it, and it said there are no simple cases of bladder infection, they are all chronic, they are all serious. You got a bladder infection, you got something, I don't care, it's not mine, ever. If you got a spiritual problem, it's not minor. It, anything that can rob you of your salvation, it eventually, under any circumstances, it's not minor. Amen. And you need to understand that. But now here, I'm going to show you, dear one, tonight, if you, let, if you pray with me just a little while, the problem and the lack of success on the part of most people who even though outwardly they seem to be seeking God. But Paul tells us right here, what does he say? I didn't want so gone, not as uncertainty. Not as uncertainty. So fight I. So fight I. Not as one that Jesus can. All right, listen, 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 listen. 
Years ago, when we were in the gym, boxing game, oh, we saw some guys. I went there the first time, and I saw them guys there. Oh, they pushing, they doing jabs and hooks and uppercuts. Oh, they get to pull me. Oh, I mean, they better that shot. But they never won in the bout. They were what? They were fighting the air. You go to the altar, but you don't deal with the issue. You people don't deal with the issue. You're not going to win unless you tear into the enemy. That thing, amen, that's after your salvation, that thing that's robbing you of your faith, you've got to deal with it. If you've got to drop it, you've got to drop it. If you've got to start all over again, you start all over again. Whatever you've got to do. Brother, these spirits don't just go because you say boo. Brother, you go, I mean, you've got to get violent with it. Amen. I won't eat another bite until it's broken. Whatever. If I die, I die. I die like jewelry. I'm holding on to the horns of the altar. I don't care. Thank God, kill me on the altar. I mean that. Amen. I'm going to fight the thing, not the air. I'm going to fight that thing that's plaguing me. That spirit that's putting me under. Listen, let me tell you something. You listen to me tonight. I've known people. That was a lady that I've told you about, I'm sure. In one of the oldest churches to talk to worship of grace. And she was ill, had consumption. And she was down to about 70 pounds. But she was just as mean as the proverbial setting him. And he just couldn't fix her bed right. He couldn't fix her food right. And she just go off on you for anything. And God, in his mercy, showed this woman her spirit. And she saw how ugly and how undone she was. And neither that poor, anemic woman called home to the rails on that bed, seeking God. And she shook that bed, she thought she would kill herself. Taking that bed, that's God to deliver her. And she saw the plight, and she hit the thing, not the shadow. And she broke that spirit, and they said from that time until the day she died, they never thought her spirit was broken. There was sweetness, there was long-suffering, there was patience, there was understanding. From that moment, she broke that spirit. Uh, old men in a certain state, amen, I guess maybe 70 years old, been around the church of God for years, and he went to a certain big city, and one of the saints came by, and what was he doing? Had put his court in a peep show. Went away from his town, old man still with a lust spirit. Been around the church maybe 25 years. Hadn't broke that spirit. And they caught him up looking. Not a peep show. You got people been around, been lusting and taking a second and third passionate stare for years and haven't broke it yet. Cried about it, talked about it, had confessed it, but they never actually tore into it. What? Like the fellow in my hometown years ago, he got saved. And he would cry. He just found his eyes were uncontrollable. And he would feel condemned after he stared passionately at times and confesses to God and whatnot. And so at long last, he broke that spirit. And he came to Brother Hampton. So for years, I cried and I prayed. But you know what happened? He said, I broke that spirit. I said, what if I take so long? He said, actually, truly, I didn't want to break it. I was enjoying it. 
but I knew it was wrong, so I cried and prayed. And I was beating the air, but I never hit the spirit. But I sent that thing to take me under, and that lust was welling up in my soul. So I had to admit it, and amen, and pluck my eye out and cut off my right leg. Because it was offending me, it was causing me to stumble. And so then I got the victory. Now I see everything in right perspective. Now those passionate stairs are gone. What? He eventually got around to hitting the object instead of the air. He not only admitted his problem, but he closed to it. People still temperamental, and you have to flip over on that blind side. The pastor had to pick that time to approach him. The husband cannot say anything. They go off on him with a snap. They can go walk around with a chip on their shoulder. Answering again and thinking nothing about it. Having the last loud, hasty word under the guise of godliness. Raised up in the church of God. In Sunday school. Been around all their lives. And still have not overcome it. And now they've learned to live with it. It has become a part of it. Now they've learned to justify it and live in a state of denial like it's not there. And with the honey, you have the You're not going to take my Holy Ghost. Take your Holy Ghost. You have none. Amen. They want to let people get. Man, I would not want to be in the shoes of many people that I know in the judgment. But they have. Beat the air and not hit the thing itself, and they don't have victory at night, and now they just learn to live with it. It has become an integral part of them. And now they are not going in themselves, and they are hindering those who would go in when they notice that attitude. And I notice they wear long dresses, and they don't cut their hair, and they don't wear paint on their face, but that's it. Brother, they'll go up on you with the snap of your finger. They keep something going in the office all the time. Or conquer first yourself before you conquer anything else. So what do you have? You've got poor ministers trying to conquer the world with a lot of people who have never conquered themselves. Trying to conquer the world. First, they want to live before we go passing out tracks and standing out on the corner. You better let the people come to themselves. I've known people go off a mission and backslide out on a mission. Right. Boy, I'm trying to win somebody and haven't been won themselves in a full mission. We're going to go on. We're going to go on. That's why many never get complete victory. They never hit the thing. I got a problem. Now, you don't have to confess it to the preacher necessarily. In some instances, it might be so deep-rooted that you might have to hand lay hand laid on you. Nobody concerned about your personal life anyway. I often tell my people, I want to know as little about your situation, your failure, as I have to. Just all that I uh, have to know to deal with it properly. Other than that, I'm not even concerned about it. The more I know, the more I got to deal with it. But you got to admit it. You need to know it. You need to understand it. You need to admit it and need to tear into it with all your might unless you've developed a love for it. Now let's give a few examples of violence here, the kind we're talking about. Nonviolence might be virtuous in some cases, but not in the church of God in this fashion. Acts chapter 5, verse 25, quickly. 
All right. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. You put them in prison for that, and here they are again. They're unstoppable. They're out to win. They're going to win. Amen. The Bible says, go forth in all the world and preach the gospel, and the devil trying to stop them, but they're going to win. Put them in jail, beat them, do what you want to do. My God, as soon as they get out, they're going to be right there going again. Went out to a school once, it was a mixed school, mostly Catholic. And I went out there with that gospel. And brother, when I began to go down the line with a few things, the, the principal, the teachers converged on me. Now many times we'll sacrifice our God-given conviction for a few dollars, a little position. Amen. These men were out to win. We're going to win the world. Now if it takes our blood, if it takes our jobs, if it takes our livelihood, we're going to win the world. That's the kind of attitude we have. And we must maintain that attitude if we're going to win. This is a soft and church going stuff. Everybody goes to church for the most part. Everybody got organization. Everybody got missionaries. But that's about the extent of it. Amen. We are, we are out to win. We are, we are fighting a force. We're not just doing something, some kind of formalism. We are out to win. We are, we, that's a force that's trying to prohibit us. That's a wall between us. That it must be broken down. That's a barrier that must be plunged through. Amen. Read. And the captain and the officers and brought them without violence, for they had feared the people. Verse number 28. Saying, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name that we didn't we make it clear to you? Go on. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God. We, uh, we respect the law. Every ordinance of man, we respect it. But when it crosses God, we must obey God. We've got to go. We have been given a definite command, and that is assessing us. Nothing else matters. Nothing in life matters, but amen, but promoting this gospel at any cost, and whatever we have to break through to do it, we must do it. We have no life aside from this. For me to live is Christ. I have no life otherwise. Not my whole life, not a section of my life, not a segment of my life, not a department of my life, but that's my life. How in the world are we going to win the world with people departmentalized life? The churchy here and, and spiritual here, but over here they're world and trying to do this and trying to accumulate and trying to all this kind of stuff, trying to fill their coffers. But that's not what the Church of God is all about. That's what religion is all about, but not the church of God. People emphasizing the wrong aspect of the church of God. It's good to have the doctrine all this. That's good. But listen, uh, at this time, there was a lot of doctrine that they weren't even familiar with. Come on. A lot of, at this time, amen, they didn't know about all this makeup and all this. That wasn't even dealt with. Paul dealt with that later on. But the consecration was dealt with. We are, we are uh, placing emphasis on things that are important, but not essential. This, what we're talking about, is essential 
for the propagation of the church in a real way. We want to move on because there's just a few little, few little points that we want to get to tonight because God helped us out here tonight. Verse number 38, read. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel, uh, this work be of men, it'll come to naught. Wrong. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. And you're going to lose. And these men are out to win. And if God's with them, they're going to win. Amen. Now, now, if you're afraid, see, we're living in the last countdown. This Gideon thing, amen, is the last day, this last day operation. This last great battle. Wait. And many are fearful. When the forces, these civil forces start coming against you, brother, you're going to lose about two thirty people. They might not start coming to church, but you're going to lose them for all practical purposes. If you have a real encounter, brother, where it might cost their freedom or maybe their lives, you're going to have a handful of people. I'm going to tell you that. Now, they can talk all the consecration they want to talk, brother, but when it comes to this actual involvement, you'll see what you got. You'll know what it's all about. And so, most of them went home. Then there was another cut. He said, you got too many still. They, they, they don't have it. They are good, they're nice people, but they don't have real, genuine, 100% consecration. And, and I cannot use them unless they're like that. And I'm going to tell you, now, if you are struck on a great big crowd, you can forget it. That's not what God's going to bring the church through in this last day, brother. Right. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. So don't worry about that. All right. Now, as I say, if you're not society, you set your side, do what you want to do. But don't you worry about that, brother. Those that will bring the church through are going to be a very, very select company. What? They're going to be able to drink the water of life freely and be willing to be treated like a dog. That's like a dog. Drink the water of life freely and be willing to be treated like a dog. Love not their lives. Care nothing about themselves. All this kind of stuff. Amen. You got the animal wife, animal husband, all this kind of stuff. Amen. You can't sacrifice nothing. You can't sacrifice passion. You can't sacrifice nothing. For a week. That's mighty tough. God help us here. That's what we got on hand, brother. Don't even want to give up the ages that love you in the life. Don't even, we give don't even want to give up TVs and all this kind of You'd be surprised, brother. No people sit around sneaking, look at TVs, and they got them in the basement and all this kind of stuff. I'm telling you this. I mean, brother, can't even go that far. Not even sacrifice that in worldliness and go to worldly places, go on vacation and all this kind of stuff. The other end, and maybe in the motel room, and you hear this thing going, that doesn't sound like no radio to me. Oh, I was just, just uh, looking at the new news. Now you went to sleep, of course, and then the, the soap came on. All right. Read a little more. You can't overthrow it. All right, all right. We're out to win. Now, let me, let me get to this point quickly. Turn to Mark, chapter 8, verse 22. Mark 8, 22. The vital point here. 822 Mark. And he cometh to Bethsaida. Come to Bethsaida. They bring a blind man unto him. All right, so to touch him. By the hand. What? Led him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes. Go on. Ask him if he saw 
Ask him if he saw aught. Eyes what? Jesus, wait a minute. Wait a moment. That's not victory. He said, I'm out to win. Pray with me through here. He said, he spit on him. And he prayed. And he said, what do you see? And what did he say? I see men. I see men as trees. Lord, I say, how many times, how many times do we get had when you get me. Oh, thank God. I feel better. Your head is. That's not big. We don't have to settle for no head victory. You're not one with a head victory. Come on, amen. See, I see men. I see men in Wait a moment. I'm not done with that. I, I, oh, I feel better. Thank God. Touch my body. But that's not victory. That's not what you requested. You requested healing. But we're living in a faithless time and your faith is tried and you get tired of exerting yourself constantly and you give up with just feeling better. And then that's all you get. And you move around for years. I feel better. And every time you almost die, you call the minister and you give a little life back into you. You satisfy yourself and you go for a lifetime half dead with something less than a real victory. We're out the wind. He's not out the wind. Read a little more. All right, read. And he prayed again. And said, what do you see? He said, now I see men as men. Now that's it. He said, I see him clearly. Amen. I'm not the win. I'm not just uh, I put them all in here and say, how you feel? I feel better. Well, people will say that just make you feel good. Whether well, they feel better or not. They were, but what happened? People don't have time to dedicate themselves to hang with it until the crisis is over. Hang with it until the crisis is over. They got so many things to do. They don't have to schedule the ministry and all. They don't have time to hang with it until the crisis is over. And here we go around with about 10 half victories. And now we get discouraged and question marks in our mind and we're verging on confusion. Yes. Yes. And after a while, you learn to just settle with seeing me in this tree. Praise the Lord. I can see. What do you see? Me in this tree. Oh, that's not that. That's time to shout. Because you're not supposed to see me in this tree. That's more confusing than seeing nothing. Amen, amen. Out the wind, Jesus, I'm out the wind. If you see me in the street, you're supposed to, amen, you're supposed to see clearly. Amen. You're supposed to see men as men. And I'm not going to satisfy, I'm going to pray again, I'm going to pray this thing through. I'm not going to satisfy myself until you see like you ought to see. Amen, amen. Brother Anthony, I'm doing a lot better now. I used to have a temper tantrum every week, or sometimes twice a week. But now, I can go a whole month without falling down the floor again. I can go a whole month without having the husband have to walk around the block and count to ten. This should never be the case when you have to walk around the block and count to ten. And get his hat and go let you cool off. There should be no case like that. Ever. 
maybe you look better now because you're under some teaching and, and you're constantly reminded and you get you can do a little more sophisticated now and you don't get quite as much as you do. No, 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 we can't tell with that. That spirit must be laid to rest Amen. But many of you are so satisfied because there's a slight improvement that you learn to live with. That feels that way now. And many times you know what's going to happen? You, many people are going to die prematurely. Who could have lived a fruitful and a full life? What? Because they got just a good relief and they struggle with a little relief. Not total victory. All right, amen. You listen to me now? But what has happened now? You want, but it's hard now, brothers, to find any ministers who are not so involved in their own affairs that uh, they got time to really labor with a situation to a satisfactory conclusion. You know, old sister came through, old church mother. Years ago, they used to wear white uniforms, and they would be there to pray the young sister through and all this kind of thing, give themselves to it. And she came by our congregation when I was in Detroit. Oh, that's maybe 40 years ago. And she said, I would got sick from the campground. And in all of those hundreds of ministers, I, don't, I couldn't find a single one that I could call a person. They are so involved in, in jovial and running the town and getting there, all this kind of stuff that I couldn't find a single one that I had any real genuine confidence in. And most of them don't trust God for themselves. They want we in a situation. But now, trying to give people that mentality to fight it out. To draw away from everything else and fight it out. Listen, we got, we got to go before God with victory here. You can't go before God with no hand victory. You don't want to go on living, amen, a burden from life when there is deliverance. Amen, there is total deliverance. You cannot be at full productivity, half dragging and everything else. Amen. I see, what do you see? I see. I think those are men, but look at trees. I'm confused. Oh no, that's not the. Uh, we are the wind. Oh, I'm glad. I can, I can at least see. No, 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 no. But you don't see right. We're not selling anything. Else. Many times we want our involvement and our lack of health and lack of dedicated people. We have learned to put it on the shelf and thank God and talk about it. Under testify to us. What are you going to give me? Have testimony. Amen. But now, I don't know, the devil has battered people around so much now, they don't want to carry to it anymore. They won't let sleepy dog lie now. They don't want to wake it up to let fight it out. I believe this brother ought to have victory. I believe this sister ought to have total victory. I don't think it should be an occasional thing. So if I, if I have to lose my job, if I have to lose my sleep, if I have to lose my rest, whatever I got to lose, we're going to fight it out. I'll leave my bed laid up and made up at night. We're going to fight it out. Now, if I've gotten fat, fat and sloppy and can't get my mind right, I just had to get it right somehow, whatever, we're going to fight it out. I've got to get that mentality back. i got to not love my life and, and they have to live and sleep all day and all night and, amen, and eat every day. And we, I mean, I, I've, got to, I've got to get it back. I must recapture it. Otherwise, whatever else I do don't even matter. Going on having church and jumping up in the air and all this kind of stuff and all these things unsolved. Paul said, you're rejoicing, it's not good. I mean, I forget shouting every time we come to church, praise our God, and all these things looking me in the face. How in the world can I shout anything, staring at me, licking the tongues out of me? What you shouting about? 
You didn't get me. I'm plaguing you every time you walk in the door. Amen. Jesus said, I am not going to settle. I will not register that as a victory when you see men as trees. Even though you see what you're not seeing right. Let's go back. Let's go back for another day. Let's get before God. We, 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 we're going to ward out with the thing. You're supposed to see right. You're supposed to see clearly. And so we're going back. We're going, we're going to carry to the end. The devil knows when you're ready for him, too. You know when you're prepared for him, brother. The devil trembles just like you do. Even more so. When a real saint of God uh, comes with a prayer of faith with a clean and dedicated life, he knows he's in trouble. Don't you worry about that. He might maybe bluff you, but he knows he's in trouble. He knows if you come before God like that, you're going to break him. The devil knows that. But his only hope is that he got so few people who got that kind of determination, that kind of consecration, and that kind of willingness to pursue. All right. Matthew chapter 15, quickly. We're going to close here shortly. All right, let me see what verse I want. Uh, verse number 22. And behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast, cried unto him, saying, Lord, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Answered her not a word. My God, she didn't get no response from him at all. Isn't that something? A trial, a great trial of a faith. Well, then some of us might have said, oh, I guess it's not God's will. God have mercy upon us. Go on. Didn't answer a word. The disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. For she cried after us. But she, but he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What are you coming, what are you coming to me anyway? Go on. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Answered and said, It's not me to take the children bread. The woman says, Listen, well, I got him talking, but I'm not satisfied with that. Oh, I talked with, I had a little talk with Jesus. Praise the Lord. What'd you get? Thank the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, I had a little talk with Jesus. What'd you get from him? All right. You, 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 you were just shouting happy and running the aisle because you had a little talk. Well, she got a talk to, but she wasn't satisfied. She said, I want to win. I'm not satisfied with just saying I had a talk with Jesus. I prayed and the Lord touched me and I feel this hand on my head and all that kind of stuff. He said, I want some results. I want some results. You got it. And I'm going to have it. I'm out to win. So you may well just make it easy on yourself. Give it to me now. Because I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Come on with it. And she said, truly, Lord. Truly, Lord. the dogs eat of the crumbs, don't fall from their Well, if I'm a dog, give me a dog portion. Give me some. I'm going to get something. I'm going away with something. I'm not going away empty. I get, I'm not going away empty. If I'm a dog, give me a dog portion. Call me what you want to call me. You're not going to discourage me. Amen. Some people, they look like you didn't want to pray for me, so I get that going home. Going home and die. You'll get mad because I didn't pray for you. I, I didn't see you. Don't get offended now because somebody overlooked you. You look at you, you. In fact, you put it all on everybody's head but mine. You came up late and I just missed you. I'm going to get you next time. Come on with it. Said unto her, My God, listen, you're a dog, but you, but you got this faith. Great is thy faith. And what happened? 
won. I won, praise the Lord God. I didn't get him just to talk to me, thank God. I got what I wanted. I won. And everybody that hang with God as the order, and amen, and persevere, and don't give up and throw in the towel or be shifted, you win. You ain't got time. You got too many activities. Unrelated activities. You got too, you too involved. You don't have time to pursue it, so you're going to die young. You're going to die prematurely. You're going to miss your blessing. You're going to go on and, and resort to something else and get deeper in debt because you wouldn't pray it through, and now you're going to go and borrow some more money and can't pay what you already paid back, which is not God's will. Not God's will. You're going to get deeper in debt when you can't pay what you got. Don't you know that? Old men, no man, nothing but the love is. Amen! Amen. Well, Lord, I don't, I can't pay these people. And I'm in a desperate situation. And I don't think it would be fair to them for me to borrow some more money. Mm-hmm. And then file bankruptcy later. Mm-hmm. I don't really like it. Well, Lord, I want to do what's right. Mm-hmm. Open the door for me. You got it. The cattle on a thousand years. The giving goes with God. I want to do what's right. I want to make him my case. I will make him my integrity. Amen. I don't want to send my wife out there working all this kind of thing. I will make him my integrity. I want to make him a relationship. Don't help me, Lord. Amen. And don't you tell me God won't send you what he wants. He might try your baby. He'll try your baby. He might think he will not turn lose that and lose this and lose that. He might see my children. Right? But that is when we know definition. You have to deal with it. Maybe God might take it. He might not be like Isaac. He might just actually, he might just have to drop it like a hot potato. Amen. And start all over his scratch. Amen. Amen. God never me. You can talk about it all you want to talk about it. Pray all you want to pray. I'm praying about it. No, you've got to deal with the issue. All right. God help us here. We, we're going on. Did one you've heard one meeting and one sermon after another, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come to grips with it. Let, let's read one more scripture, maybe. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. 11, 31. And Terah took Abram his son, what? And Lot. Go on. His son, Sarah, and his daughter. Go on. His son, Abram's wife. Are the Chaldees. To go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran. And he had with a victory. Thank God he would go, he go to Canaan. That was the promised land. But he, he got comfortable. He stopped in Haran. And satisfied himself with had victory. He got halfway to victory. And stopped right there. And what happened? Read on. And the days of Kira were 205 years. 205 years. My God died halfway to victory. He got a little blessing, but he was not out to win. He was satisfied with just a little token victory. He was satisfied with amen, just say, I'm saved. I mean, I mean, he wouldn't fight it through to get sanctified. He figured, I can fit in with this problem being not sanctified. I can, I, gotta, I, mean, I can make it anyway. You think you can, you're going to die halfway to victory. Just like the others, like the devil did make the He got to Haran and got comfortable there. He got established there and Haran died right there. He would have been in Canaan a long time ago and established receiving the promise, but he died halfway to victory. How many of us have been on the victory side over in Canaan enjoying the luscious benefits of the of Canaan, but we got halfway to victory and got satisfied, got contented, 
She was always spiritually dead, so now, Lord, you know what to do. I want to maintain my ministry, my testimony, and she is a liability. I'm not suggesting what to do, and I'm not suggesting to you all. But I'm trying to tell you, you want, I'm trying to tell you tonight. This is a tremendous thing, out the wind. I want to be, I need a picture, Lord. It's, it's hampering the work that you assigned me. It's hampering the work. I'm going to pray it through. I'm going to pray it through. And God came through however he chose to do it. He didn't have to dictate to God. But many people get a little relief. And let me tell you this. If you're willing to settle with a little, then God says, that's up to you. So, okay then. I need to smite this army. Okay then. And you'll bite him. Okay. Why don't you smite him several times? Now you're going to be satisfied with just a little victory. That's all you're getting now. But you had smitten him five or six times and you got all the victory. But you stopped. You see, you're so satisfied with just a little promise of victory, one little victory, that you stopped there. You were satisfied with just a little relief with a token victory. So if you're willing to tell us that, that's all you get. Now, this idea, you think God just going to do it anyway, you're wrong. You get what you believe for. You know, you can believe, okay. Lord, can I have this? Yes, if you can believe. Well, if, you, what, if you don't believe, that's up to you. But if you can believe, certainly you can. But it's predicated upon your belief. Out to win, out to win. When you tend to the devil, you want, you better have your mind made up. Be situated. Because the devil is out to win, too. He's out to win. He's out to tear up your home. He's out to tear up your congregation. He's out to tear up your physical body. And your livelihood and everything else that's good. He's out to destroy you. Well, if I keep under my body, I'm out to win. Amen. And whenever there's something out of order, I was the other day, we were close. The other day, we were in a certain state, and a young lady there. And I was marveling. I said, how in the world did you lose all that weight? She said, Brother Hampton, God dealt with me. I think she said, I weighed 635 and I've lost half of it. Now you just make my clothes with sheets. Just sew sheets together. And now I can buy them out of the store. And she's constantly moving. She said, I just set myself to win. I set myself to win. I said, what do you do? She said, I just uh, set myself to win. And I just control myself. I keep my body under now. Take all that to live. 
Uh, I, I'm out, I'm about to win. I wasn't gonna let my passion control me. I'm gonna keep my body under. Amen. Many times they would kept our body and we wouldn't have to be worried about sugar peels and high blood pressure peels and all that kind of stuff. God have mercy upon us. We're not to be dropping out, amen, just marrying the first thing, come along. Keep your body under. Keep your body in peace, our God. Out to win, I'm out to win. I'm out to prevail. I've set myself. Amen. I'm going to put all my activities aside. Forget it. Survive a perish. I'm out to win. I can make it without that. I'm out to win. And whatever you can win, if I don't have the stamina of God, I'm going to stay before you until you give it to me. If I don't have that kind of mind, amen, all this other stuff, these activities, trying to get awards and all this kind of stuff, forget that stuff. I'm out to win. And I know to, in order to win, I know my opponent, I know my enemy, and in order to win, that's the way I've got to apply myself, that's the kind of a mind I've got to have, that's the kind of drive I have to have, kind of perseverance that I must maintain. And I'm not going to leave this meeting without it. I've put it off, and I've known it, and I've seen it, and I didn't want to break into it, I didn't want to tear into it. I didn't want to tear into it the way I had to because it's going to cost me too much. My time, my thinking, and all there is of me. But now I see that my survival is predicated upon me. And everything that I am and I hope to be. So I'm going to settle it tonight. I'm going to enter into the battle. I'm going to lock the door behind me with me and the enemy. And the best man win. And I'm out to win. I am out to win. I won't. I'm not going to leave it with attitudes. I'm not going to leave you and be a tyrant husband or unsubmissive wife. I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm not going to do it. Maybe I think I'm getting bad, but I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to leave you with all these worldly questions. After I get this done, then I'm going to settle down. And after I accomplish this, and after I get this, my house paid for, give me a house paid, and then I don't do all that kind of stuff. I'll do it. That's an attitude. In God's temple, so we don't have this night. It's a devil to be. Shall we say?